I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck, for part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and Future on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me tonight is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Dinner pod! It's a dinner night pod. Uh, it's 8 o'clock uh, Central Time, and it's 6 o'clock uh, Pacific Time for Alex. And we're recording a podcast because we both had busy work things this morning. Yeah, we're important. <laughs> we do important things, everybody. Uh, so it was reported by Keith Smith tonight that apparently Nerlens Noel has already signed his deal. And if you sign a deal before the moratorium ends, that means that you are signing a minimum contract. Alex, what is your thought on that? Um, I don't believe Keith Smith. <laughs> well, I, you really I don't? don't? Well, how would you... He said a few eagle eyes out there. Yeah, what is that? What in the so world are, does that mean? Who are they? Notice that Nerlens Noel already signed their contracts despite being free agents and want to know why. Yeah. But have they we have no indication that he signed the contract. All we know is that they have agreed to a contract. Right. We haven't right? heard we haven't heard the terms. I mean, maybe these last three Thunder guys are the only ones that we don't have terms on. Because like we got the terms of Markeith Morris's signing, which I think is one of the last signings that we've heard. I think maybe TJ McConnell, the third of the TJs to sign in, in Indiana, uh, was said to sign a minimum. But like we don't know the terms of any of the Thunder signings. And yeah, I'm not I, I still don't buy this. I mean he may have signed a minimum. That'd be cool. But I it who are eagle eyes? Who, who is that? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, I don't know, because I didn't think he was coming back, period. I thought that they would be looking for another big man. And he seemed to be a guy that played well enough this year. That And he's young. Like he's 25. Like It's not like Nerlens Noel is 31 and is still not any good, you know? Right. Like he's, he's a younger guy that if you... There's been a ton of guys. Like Daniel Tice got two years, 10 million. Yeah, that's weird. You know, there's been a lot of big guys that have gotten the two-year, $10 million contract. And if you gave that to Nerlens, you'd be like, okay, well, that's, that's fine. Like, he's, you know, a former lottery pick that played well for the Thunder in spots. He probably didn't get as big of an opportunity as he should have. That's okay. Like, that's a fine deal. If you're giving Daniel Tice that deal, like, of course you give that to Nerlens to well. And they didn't. And it seems strange. It seems strange that... If they were bringing Nerlens back, you'd think like either one, they're promising him the starting spot, or two, they're going to give him more money than he maybe deserves or give him the full taxpayer MLE. But if he's coming back on the minimum, it makes you wonder, like, why? Why is he doing that? And that goes into something, a tweet today, Andrew. You know which tweet I'm talking about. Okay. Channing Fry. Yeah. Tweeted out, I'm thinking OKC makes a move that gets them in the conversation for top four in the West. I'm going to bet it's before December. 
Now, where did Channing Fry used to play? The Cleveland Cavaliers. Who is he friends with? Kevin Love. There's a scenario where they could trade for Kevin Love and Noel becomes the starting center, and maybe that would make all of this make sense. Because, as you're saying, it doesn't make a ton of sense right now. Although, Willie Cauley-Stein got the minimum, too, and he was expecting a lot more than that as well. So maybe it's just a depressed market for centers. He's going to start, right? Who? Willie. Uh, why wouldn't Kavon Looney? I mean, maybe, but Kavon's been coming off the bench. I don't know. It's like an opportunity for him to go. He'll play. He'll play a lot of minutes there, though, even if he doesn't no, start. Yeah, I, I agree. But it kind of goes back to the Noel thing. Like, okay, so he's signing that. He's agreeing to a minimum with this promise that he's going to get more playing time than he may have gotten somewhere else mm-hmm. as a backup, maybe. And so, what does that say about Noel? And I'm just, um, I don't know. It's I, weird. We, we've we've all kind of felt like something else is coming. Yeah. Just because this has been a weird free agency, starting yeah. off with Presti showing up at <laughs> 6 p.m. at Mike Muscala's house. <laughs> yeah. That's a weird one. I yeah. still don't get it. I still don't get it. There's been like the explanation where like, well, this is just what small markets have to do. They have to show up at Mike Muscala's house? That's what, No. No, that is not what you have to do as a small market. Like maybe you have to sign, like show up. I mean, if they showed up at Alec Burke's house, even like that would make more sense to me. You know, like he's a guy that clearly fills, you know, a role that the Thunder need. Like they needed to replace the Alex Sabrina spot, like pretty desperately. And in fact, they were playing a guy Abdul Nader that they did not really intend to play at all this year. You know, they got. They, you can find a replacement, and they found a replacement for that four spot, you know, Markeith, and like Mike Muscala. That's a that's a fine signing, but is anybody banging anybody else there at Mike Muscala's house? Sam, was anybody what else if, there? What if there were? We don't know. I mean, yeah, but if it had been like even Anthony Tolliver, I mean, obviously, you know, like I would have, I would have gone <laughs> sure. with Sam. I would have driven him from the airport. How much better Anthony is Tolliver is, is Tolliver than Muscala? Uh, Miles. Yeah. Okay. There. I mean, it's he the, is. It's the same caliber of player. I disagree. Okay. No. No. Why? Anthony Tolliver has shot over forty percent from three in multiple seasons. He's been like a reliable rotation player for years, while Muscala just keeps getting passed around <laughs> in trades that are embarrassing to everyone involved. I mean, remember how how happy. We felt when we originally tri- or signed Patrick Patterson. Oh, I remember. And that's why I refused to get excited at all about Mike Muscala. It's because f- I was it's so fair. excited about Patterson. He was a top 100 player. He seemed to fit exactly what we needed. And so, even though Mike Muscala is theoretically this stretch four or stretch five that maybe we need, I'm I am expecting nothing from him. It's very fair. Did you know that Anthony? You know how old Anthony Tolliver is? He is 40, I think, this year. <laughs> That's a good hedge. <laughs> he's 33. I didn't know he was hey, that, that old. That's not that old. Uh, Al Horford just got $100 million <laughs> for being 33. Yeah. <laughs> All-NBA player. Um, yeah, it's fine. Like, neither of those guys are that good, though. Let's just, like, say that. Disagree. Like, neither of them are that Agree good. to disagree. <laughs> How can, why do you hate Anthony Tolliver so much? I don't hate him. I just don't think he's that good. Oh my! This is so embarrassing for you. I'm embarrassed for you because all my Tolliver heads out there are listening right now, going, "What's up with this guy?" What if I told you that Mike Muscala shot 
10 percentage points better from the free throw line last season than Anthony Tolliver? Uh, I call you a liar. It's true. It's true. Believe it. I don't think. But anyway, I don't think Mike Pascal is good. I think he's like a fine guy to play ten minutes a game, and he might be good some nights. Will likely not be good most nights. Have and you that, seen how uh, pointy his ears are? Um, they are super pointy. That's yeah. true. Have you seen his rap video? Uh, I ref- I saw. I refused to click on it. It's, I didn't want to do that. It's a really good. It's a really good call by you. Do not do it. Uh, you yeah. know. You know what his three nicknames are. I, uh, okay, hold on. Uh, Moose is one. Correct. Uh, something with a J. Yes. Oh, with a Z. Yes. Okay. Oh, Jones. Uh, Jams. Jaws. Jaws. And then I don't remember. Uh, Musk. Musky. Yeah. Good job. That's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah. I I don't think he's super great. I think he's a fine role player. He can shoot it, and I don't know if he can do anything else. So. Uh, he's a fine anyway, Patterson replacement. Back to Channing Frye. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance that there could be something in the works with Kevin Love? I wouldn't say it's impossible. I mean, they're going to have I, to I, save money somehow. That's not a cost-saving move. That's a cost-adding move. That's a year more. It's more money. Yeah, but what if they can get off more than Kevin Love's salary? So... You can trade Kevin Love for Steven Adams straight up, right? But yeah, they wouldn't do that. No. That'd be even more money. So you could, okay, here's how you do it. You have to add J.R. Smith. They pushed his guarantee date back, yes. right? Yes. And so you add Kevin Love and J.R. Smith, $44,622,830. Yes. You add Andre Robertson, gets you to 34000 yeah. Are you adding Dennis Schroeder to this trade is my question. Yes. Okay. And so you could do that and you can And then JR Smith only counts for 4 million, right? You yes. So you waive JR and I mean you're you're saving a significant amount of money in that trade. I bet you'd have to throw something else in probably. But so I don't I mean, I I like the idea of Steven Adams for the Cavs. Yeah. Okay, would I mean, you throw in an unsigned Darius Baisley? Wow. See, I'd almost rather... Uh, it's just like the unknown thing. But. <laughs> I know. It's like, you could be the best guy in the draft class. You know? I know. I, I was about to say I'd rather throw in Diallo, but it's like, why? I don't, I don't know anything about Baisley. Like, we know at least, like, Hami, like, can play. Like, he can right. play. And... That it's just hilarious how much like this one photo on Instagram is like meaningful to us. Um, but like the photo of him and Deontay together, you're like, oh, like it gets me so excited for summer league. Yeah, dude, um, they look shredded. They do look shredded. Deontay has clearly lost maybe twenty pounds since the season. He's so fast. I mean, <laughs> but for real, like they look awesome. But would you do that? So you throw in Darius. <laughs> they Baisley. literally look awesome. They not their basketball skills. They look awesome. Just a photo of them standing. It yeah. looks amazing. Would you trade Darius? So Stephen Adams, Schroeder, Robertson, and Darius Baisley. Maybe I should think of it more as they were going to trade their first round pick anyways in a cost cutting move. So you could. would I would I have traded the twenty first pick not knowing who it was going to be? 
doesn't matter that it's Darius Baisley now, with Steven Adams to save money. But I'm getting back someone in Kevin Love, who much like Dennis Schroeder last year, kind of has depressed value, even though he has you know, value on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. And it's all because of his contract. And then you have a starting lineup of Westbrook, Ferguson, PG, Love, and Noel. Yeah. That'd be pretty fun. Noel closes as your small ball five and Grant next to him. Yeah. I mean, you probably play a majority of your minutes with Grant and Love. I mean, that raises your ceiling. Like, I like, I, I love Steven, uh, but you're looking for shooting. And that, that is a way to get shooting. That is a way to raise your ceiling a little bit. And it's an interesting deal. I mean, it is a super interesting deal. The trade machine seems to think that both teams would lose one more game next season <laughs> with that trade. Interesting. Did you, did you, oh, you don't listen to Bill Simmons anymore. Uh, Ryan Rosillo. Yeah. Heard, heard of him? I've heard, heard of him. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wait till you hear what I'm about to say. Oh, no. On the pod yesterday, they were talking about how, uh, they were talking about the Knicks and like, Bill Simmons was saying, why didn't they go after someone like Steven Adams if OKC is just trying to salary dump him, which we don't really think that's what OKC is trying yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's what they were saying. And Ryan Rosillo said, I wouldn't take Steven Adams even if they attached two first-round picks. That's really stupid. Yeah. What do you think about him now, your hero? He's a big dummy. That's what I think. Hey, I, have to, <laughs> I have to confront you about something. Okay. Because all of this stuff is great. It's fun to talk about. Uh-huh. Oh, what if the, the Thunder got good or whatever. Uh-huh. But you've said something twice in the past week. Oh, no. I don't know what this is. And you you've haven't brought it up on my pods. You bring it up with Michele. And you've always just you've th- you've thrown it out there two weeks in a row. And I don't know if you're serious or not. But you have said, uh, and you so you have to tell me what you're meaning by this. That what if, I don't even feel like you've said what if. You say, like, well, Paul George will probably miss one to two months. Mm, yeah. Because, honestly, if Paul George misses two months, like, this team isn't making the playoffs. It might not. So, wh- is that stuff you're hearing, or are you just, or was that just, like, what if this happened? Uh, it's just conjecture, mostly. Whew. Whew. <laughs> just you like- scare me every time you say that. I'm like... <laughs> Andrew, stop the conversation because if this is true, the season's over. I think like, we're done. It's it could be true. I don't know. Cancel a pod. I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I think we need to have very low expectations when it comes to that. Why? Why are you saying this? Well, I mean, like it's those are significant surgeries that he had, right? Yeah, but he tweeted two healthy shoulders. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, but it's he's. I mean, if he's ready by training camp, like that's. A medical miracle. Really? I think so, yeah. Why? <laughs> was just, that always what was gonna happen? Yeah, I mean from the start, like those are that's like a six month recovery, right? I, I have no idea. Honestly, I mean you're the it, doctor, I don't know. In my head this whole time, I've thought, oh, he'll be he'll come back, you know, kind of like rusted. Like maybe he'll miss first two weeks or something that could could be the case that could be the case that's where my brain has been at because honestly a month if he missed a month Mm -hmm. i'm already getting worried about the thunder 
Yeah. Assuming they brought back the roster they have right now. Mm -hmm. Like maybe if if Kevin Love was here, then that changes a little bit because now you have another scorer, someone who can put up 20 points a game. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's it's an argument for this two year run, because if you don't make the playoffs next year, like that's a huge deal to this team. Yeah. And if you have Kevin Love instead of Steven Adams, who you know could put up 20 points on a regular basis, like I think that you'd rather have that. You know what I mean? And, and even though I, I hated you guys talking about the a Boston deal because I just like the Hayward thing just doesn't make sense to me. But it's the yeah. same idea. Yeah. Like you bring in a guy who can score 20, 25 points a night. And that really gives you some breathing room with this Paul George injury. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the last thing any of us want is for them to rush him back. We want him to be fully MVP level Paul George that he was last year. Yeah. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, if you do Steven and Robertson for Hayward, you save a little bit of money. And you maybe have a wing that can contribute a little bit more to scoring on a night-to-night basis. Or, I mean, like the, the Hayward deal is such a boomer bust deal to me. And, and the, Kevin Love is to an extent. I think Kevin Love may be less so because, like, he was actually good last year when he came back. Uh, Hayward, not so much. So Hayward's a is a big risk to me. He's even a big risk just for Boston to have on the roster. You know, at thirty two point seven million dollars next season. I mean, that's a tough one. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, ultimately, I think the Thunder are just going to keep Steven, Would be my guess. And they're going to go into the season pretty similar to what they have now. They would probably like to deal uh, Patrick Patterson into somebody's space if possible. And you give up some kind of asset. Maybe you just give up the second round pick that you got from Memphis in the future. And say, like, that could be something. And that's what you do. And that saves them, you know, that $5 million. It's like, well, whoop de do Like, that. that's going to save 20-something million bucks for the Thunder. Yeah. And so, like, that's significant and might be enough to just tell your ownership group, we've saved $20 million and we're going to head into the season. This is who we have, you know. And that it may be good enough. It, and it may be good enough. I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts on Alec Burks? Oh, I mean, he's one of those guys I we, we have talked about at previous trade deadlines. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember his name coming up like multiple years in a row because he just seemed like this type of depressed asset where he wasn't – I mean early in his career in Utah, he actually was putting up pretty decent numbers and I think they had pretty high hopes for him, which is why he got the contract that he did. But he kind of got derailed by injuries and so he always seemed like this guy, oh, maybe we could get him really cheap and bring him in and kind of build back up his career and he could become something. Uh, So – I still feel that way, and I don't know if I should feel that way, mm-hmm. but at least he fills a very needed role on this team, at least positionally, especially considering we still don't know where Andre is. Yeah. I mean, he so, was he was like decent for Cleveland. Yeah, he, he and, and to get him on, well, of course, we don't know what we got him on, but... It's going to be a minimum. Like, he's a minimum. There's just, okay, so there's just no a minimum. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the perfect piece that you would want to get for the minimum mm-hmm. think about guys they've gotten in the past for like the minimum like alec burks is a name to me i know him he is probably the best wing free agent the thunder have ever signed right <sighs> wow yeah i mean anthony morrow he's he, the, was only, he brought in his, he's the, the only, only other one 
think he's really like the, <laughs> the only other one. He had a year. He had a year. But like when he got here and we watched him play for two weeks, we're like, oh, like Anthony Morrow can't move. You know? Right. And while Burks is not the shooter that Morrow is, obviously, he can create. Like he can. And we we do not have a history of having those type of guys on the wing. No. I mean, we saw it a little bit from Ferguson, but Ferguson was terrifying every time he tried to do anything. <laughs> yeah, he's not that guy. Or at so least to have he someone, wasn't. yeah, right. So to have someone who's been in the league, getting to the line, being aggressive. Yeah, I think it's perfect. I, w- I was very happy with that move. I was very happy with the Nerlens move um, because, like we had talked about with Stephen Adams, like we saw him break down at the end of the last season. And so, if you're going to put him on some kind of load management plan, Nerlens is a big part of that, yeah. or at least a competent backup five. And looking at who else is out there now, I don't know who else it would have been. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, I mean, we were hoping for Wes Matthews, right? Yeah, that, I mean, that was the biggest bummer so far of free agency. Yeah. Just that he, he was signed for a minimum. Right. Realizing that you lost just purely based on where he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And you talked about Ferguson. Like, what are your – I talked about this on Friday a little bit. Like, what are your expectations for Terrence Ferguson heading into his third season – he showed some growth last year after having just one of the worst starts ever to a season. Um, you know, he had a few 20-point games last season and, you know, several games where he hit double digits. Um, but what are your kind of expectations for him? I am tempering them similar to you. I, th- I thought you made a good point that there's a good chance that he comes back and is similar to last year or maybe a little bit more consistent. And I think that's that's where we should expect it. Mm-hmm. I am not expecting a major leap. It obviously would be awesome. Um, but I remember going into last year's summer league. We were like, oh, we're going to get to see Terrence Ferguson unleashed. I know. <laughs> and it didn't happen. Well, it did. Well, But it was not it. good. <laughs> we thought like unleashed would be like, he's going to be amazing. He's going to be able to create whatever he wants. And it was like, oh my <laughs> goodness, like he cannot. Do- they're letting him do that. But he's he was atrocious. He's going to get to work on whatever he wants. It's going to be his team. <laughs> it was. It was. It was and now great. it's Deontay's team. Well, Deontay and Diallo were like, oh my goodness, like both those guys might be better. And then the beginning of his season was so bad. I mean, Terrence began the season, you know, the first three games, he was he scored zero points on two shots against Golden State in that first game. He scored four points on six shots in the second game. He was one of seven in the third game. And then by then, I was doing my radio show by then, and it was just like, get this guy out of here. <laughs> you know, it was bad. He was really bad. You know, he didn't hit double digits until game 11 last year against Houston in which he was pretty good. And, you know, I, if you were to... I have this number real quick. If you were to guess who had more uh, double-digit scoring games last year, Alec Burks or Terrence Ferguson? Well, I'm guessing by the way you're wording it, it must be Burks. It's Burks. Burks had 26 games in which he scored double digits. Terrence had 21, though, which is a hmm. little bit surprising. Yeah, I mean... I think all Thunder fans can hope for is that his valleys aren't as low as they were last year. 
and that we just get a little bit more consistency. Like he yeah. doesn't have to be that much better than he was offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you take last season as a whole, because he was already really good defensively. He, he was really aggressive. He tried really hard on defense. It's all just about it, not just is he making his shots, but is he getting his shots? Mm-hmm. That, that was our issue with him at the end of last year. Because there was that stretch in January where he was just taking a lot of shots and making a lot of shots, and then all of a sudden he just wasn't taking a lot of shots anymore. Yeah. So if we, if we can just get back to a place where he's getting those shots, I, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. But I'm not expecting a huge breakout. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's an important player to this team. I mean, he is seriously an important guy. And that's a little bit scary to me. Uh, and so is... Honestly, Robertson, him and Robertson are important to this next season. And can they play? And what at what level? Because I think a part of the Thunder ceiling is going to depend on that. Especially if Paul can't play for a certain amount of time. Like they're like they need Terrence Ferguson to pour in ten points tonight. Like that would be huge if he could do that. That would that could be the difference in making the playoffs and not if he was able to do that. And you know, last season he was. Uh, 6.9 points per game. Pretty nice. Um, and he needs to be able to get up to around 10 or 11 points per game. And I think like that's that's a fine progression for him. We're not asking him to score 15, 16 points a game. But like if he can, he needs to shoot it six, seven times a night on average. And he needs to score 10 points a night. If, if he's going to, if that, that's what I would call like another level for Ferguson. And I don't yeah. think that's unreasonable, uh, but it actually might be. <laughs> so it's so weird trying to ev- evaluate this team right now. It's very like, difficult. I really, I really do feel like another like something's going to happen. Yes, because I, I was just thinking, what if they did some big trade like that, and they had to include Schroeder just because the, the that's the way the money worked. Who could they possibly bring in as a backup point guard? Yeah, I mean that's it's a terrifying proposition. It was I'm looking at it right now. It's like Jeremy Lin. Yeah. That would that would be realistic. It'd be cool. I don't know if he's any good, but it would be cool. Be cool. The all the other like Trey Burke. Trey Burke would be realistic. He was kinda I mean, he was kinda good (laughs) in spots. Yeah. He had moments. The other guy like the guys you're interested in, like Tyus Jones is restricted. Delon Wright is restricted. Yeah. Um, Tyus Jones would be I, awesome. There'd be a lot of really nice tweets if the Thunder got Tyus Jones. Is Shabazz Napier? Is he floating in the ether? Is he on a team? Yeah, he's I, on the Timberwolves. He was traded from, oh, from oh, yeah. the uh, Warriors to the Timberwolves. Shane Larkin, how do you feel about that? Bleh. Yeah, they could get him. I don't know how Shel- good he is. Sheldon Mack. Yeah, that's worse. That's what you'd be looking at, those type of names for the backup, if they did a deal. Even if they just did a cost-cutting move just to get rid of Schroeder. Yeah. Give me Jeremy Lin. That's what I'd say. NBA champion. NBA champion Jeremy Lin. Bring him. Uh, Do you want to talk about some other teams? Uh, Let's do that. Let's talk about some other teams. Before we talk about some other teams, I need to talk about a sponsor. It's the Banquet Cinema Pub. We had our live draft party there, and it was amazing. If you came, you got to experience uh, just what a cool place it is. It's a giant space, and a lot of when you think about it, 
I think a lot of people think about it as just a place to go to the movies, and they have that. They show some cult classic movies there, which are awesome. And then they show actually some new movies, like Rocket Man was playing there the other night. And the theater is incredible. You can get food, you can get pizza, you can get a salad. They also have snacks, they have popcorn. Uh, they have great, great snacks. And you can go and watch a movie in a really cool, cool theater. But it's also just a place to go eat. Like They've got really good pizza, they have uh, fresh salad, and they even have brunch. And I didn't know what the brunch would be like. I went a couple weeks ago, took my whole family, and it was honestly... One super impressive and then absolutely delicious. I had a breakfast sandwich that was delicious. My wife had a breakfast pizza that was super good. My kids had, uh, one of them had waffles, one of them had cinnamon rolls, and it was all amazing. They have great drinks as well and really creative cocktails. And it's one of the coolest environments that you can go to in the city. And it's a, I feel like a lot of people just don't know about it. And so go to the Banquet Cinema Pub. It's delicious. It's a fun place to go to. If you're just looking for, honestly, if you're looking for a, a date to go on with your girlfriend or spouse or somebody, you can get in and out of there for pretty cheap and have a really fun night. And so I'd recommend going to the Banquet Cinema Pub. You can go follow them at Banquet Cinema on Facebook and Twitter and uh, support the people that support Down to Dunk. Okay, let's let's talk about... Your Portland Trailblazers, since you live in Portland. Oh, I'm glad you brought them up because they're the team I'm most interested in talking about. They're very, they're, their offseason has been kind of fascinating to me. because It's been wild. They, they made the conference finals, and you're like, oh, wow, like that's pretty great. And since then, they've completely changed their team. <laughs> yeah, I was looking up their roster from last year. So they had five guys on their team last year between 6'7 and 6'9. Yeah. They have lost four of those five guys. <laughs> right. Mo they, Harkless, Aminu, Turner, and now Lehman. They, they just, just did a lost. sign and trade to Tim, the Timberwolves. Why did that happen? Like, they kind of need him, I feel like. It's weird. And then they lost Cantor. They lost Seth Curry, who I think saw, thought Seth Curry was really important for them. He was important now, for them. Yeah. Maybe that guy becomes Anthony Simons. I'm not really worried about their guards. Yeah. But yeah, they're. Their forwards and their wings, like what is left? Obviously, they have my guy Tolliver, which I'm very excited about. For they them. do, yeah. Are they gonna start him? Does he start? He, I don't know who else would. I they mean, have it, Hazonia. Oh gosh, I think Bazemore might be the starting small forward. He's six five. Yeah, I was gonna say he's not really a small forward and hasn't really been able to play that position. He's not big. And enough. all, all the weird thing is, all of these individual deals, I don't really mind that much like the idea of trading turner for baysmore i think baysmore is actually better and i think he brings them more shooting they're just different he, like i i feel like it's almost a wash in almost every way but you're like trading like what you want in a player you know right and it's probably because i sat and watched evan turner all throughout the playoffs where i haven't really seen a meaningful game of kent baysmore in years yeah um, so I noticed the flaws with Evan Turner, like outside of that one good game he had that I think was against the Nuggets. Um, he was really, he vanished in the playoffs. Yeah. For, who's, for um, who's their backup point guard? Um, I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's going to be Anthony Simons. Is he a point guard? I, I don't know. know. They love him. Yeah, they do love him. That's the something well, that people shut say. up about. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and even the white side deal, like I don't love white side, but 
But I get it if you don't want to bring back Cantor and you still want some type of defensive presence or, or more of a defensive presence to Ennis Cantor, and you really just need a stopgap before Nurkic comes back. Is he like more I, of a defensive presence, my argument? Than Ennis Cantor? Yeah. Cantor was fine in the playoffs. He was fine. Whiteside. Charade. Whiteside just. He he blocks shots, but it's because yeah. he tries to block every shot. Yeah, but look at it this way. I mean, honestly, okay, so obviously we always talk about Miami as like this great environment. Yeah. They have this great culture. Yeah. On the other hand, like Whiteside grew up in that culture and they're the ones that paid him all this money and then he fell out of favor. Now he's coming to a team with really strong leadership. Like who was the strong leaders in Miami for the last couple of years? Like eventually, I guess it was Dwayne Wade when he came back. Yeah. But it's not like they had an alpha on that team for the last couple of years. Like James Johnson, like maybe. I mean, you know, it's, like I mean it, if Waiters. you're looking for the, the, the alpha, it's Dwayne Wade. And they have a good yeah, but, they have a good coach, they have a good GM. I mean They do, but this is a the Portland's a totally different team. Like this is Dame's team. Yeah. Like Dame owns this town and CJ is right behind him there and everyone loves Nurk. Like he's coming to a team where his role and his stature on the team is so much more defined than I feel like it was a few years ago in Miami. When honestly, when he got that deal in Miami, they were treating him like the alpha. They were treating him like he was going to be the best player on the team going forward. That was before Dwayne Wade came back. So I just I, I think there's a chance it could be better for him that he could end up fitting in better because Portland just has a different culture. Okay, question. Yeah. If the Thunder had Hassan Whiteside and you said they could trade Hassan Whiteside for Mo Harkless today, would you do it? Okay, so I think other than his uh, height yeah. and – general size like i'm not real thrilled with mo harkless either he's had so many injury issues over these last couple of years for the blazers and really hasn't played as much so he's one of these guys who's great theoretically everyone wants a wing wings are great got to get more wings yeah but I, I i don't think he's gonna like play a ton for the heat well he got traded to the to the clippers oh well even with the clippers I mean, he'll he'll be backing up Gallo. Yeah, um, I I I get what you're saying. Yes, I feel like they got the better end of that deal getting Harkless back, but I still don't think it's a terrible deal for the Heat. I mean, for the Blazers. I get it. I'm just yeah. saying all of these deals individually. Like, you don't want to pay Aminu basically what he made a few years ago. You don't want to give him that contract again now that he's older. So you pay a guy who's much, much cheaper, not as good, but is still a serviceable NBA player in Anthony Tolliver. Like, fine, I get it. You're saving a little bit of money there. Like, I get all these individual deals, but then I go back and look at the roster, and uh, Steve Thunderfan pointed it out on Twitter. He's like, who is guarding any big wing on this team? It's a great like, question. Who, who is guarding Paul George on this team? I would have even said Jake Lehman. Like, give him a shot. Let's see what who's going to guard Jake Lehman when who's he comes <laughs> back to play in Portland. <laughs> it's a weird team. Like it's, it's a real weird. It's a weird team. I don't know what to think about them. I don't know who their backup point guard is. I don't know who their wings are. Uh, they have Hassan Whiteside, which I just don't think is a good idea. Like I just think it's a bad idea. 
I think if you're counting on him to play starters minutes on any team, I don't care what team it is. I don't care who the leader is. I just am out. I'm out on that. Just could not be more out. I just think it's a dumb idea. Mm, I, I'm, I'm saying, isn't it his contract year? It is. I just don't care. I just think well, that he's been an idiot since he came in the league. You're going to be so embarrassed when you don't take him in fantasy next year. And I grab him late. <laughs> he puts up a double-double every night. He's going to put up stats. That will happen. That will definitely happen. I mean, last year he was a double-double. 12 points, 11 rebounds, almost two blocks per game in 23 minutes. Like, he puts up. He He's productive. Like, that happens. Uh, but I think he's just kind of a dummy. <laughs> I think you just need to give him a shot. He's going to turn... Hell, he's 30. He just 30. had his birthday. Happy birthday, Hassan. Yeah. I'm he's just 30. Out. He's I'm mature now. Him. Yeah, I'm just out on Hassan Whiteside. He went to the Patterson School in Patterson, North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. He was drafted, uh, by, he drafted by the Kings and then did not play in his year 23 or 24 and signed off the scrap heap at age 25 and was like, oh, well, this guy can do things. Then they paid him a bunch of money. Was you know he, what I'm was glad? Was he 2016 too? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, you know what I'm worried about? Having to, like, at the, well, first of all, I'm terrified of the over-unders that are going to come up in August. Shoot. Al- already scared. Yeah. And then scared of just picking eight teams in the West. Yeah. Really terrifying. I mean, we have to wait and see what happens with the Lakers. Because my instinct is that they're going to be you know, the first or second seed, even if they have to fill out their roster with a bunch of minimums, if they got Kawhi. Um, what do you think is going to happen with Kawhi? I need your, I need your uh, prediction right now on the pod at 8.41 Central Standard Time. July it feels 3rd. like it's been going Lakers this whole time. That's all we've really heard. And then all of a sudden today, we start getting rumors. Jalen Rose said 99% sure going back to Toronto. Yep. Uh, Tim McMahon. Uh, tweeted out that he talked to a player who's familiar with with the situation, said that he thinks he's coming back. Oh, Tim McMahon so now, knows stuff, yeah. So now I'm I'm sticking. I, we originally, I, when we guessed, I said the Raptors, and I'm going to stick with the Raptors. And I think that'd be awesome. It would be. It would be like the best preseason going in, like picking teams, picking championships. How many, I, I, how many like they usually will have all the ESPN writers. Let's say there's 20 of them. They'll all pick who they think is going to win the championship. I would I would love to see how many different teams get picked. It's crazy. Like, okay, so tell me if this team will be picked by one writer. We'll go through it. Toronto. Yes. Philly. Yes. Boston. Probably not. Brooklyn. No. Milwaukee. Yes. That's probably it for the Eastern Conference, right? So that's three, yeah. Denver. Hmm. I bet. Mm, I don't know. They're, I would say I'll say no. They're a dark horse, though. Yeah, somebody will pick them as a dark horse. Portland. No. Utah. Yes. I mean, the answer is absolutely yes. I mean, people. And I, people are losing <laughs> their minds. I, I'm surprised that people even liked the Nets off season because they lost Ed Davis. Like, I'm just even surprised. Like, how could you even like what they did with losing Ed Davis? Like, how many tweets have you seen about Ed Davis? How many minutes of podcasting have you heard about how great Ed Davis is for years? It's just amazing. It's amazing that all those hours of podcasting did not 
lead to him getting paid anymore. The headliner for the Utah Jazz, Ed Davis. Just an outstanding signing. What an, what an organization. I mean, my lord. What a great job. Okay, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh... No, because we won't know about PG by then, and I bet people won't pick them because of that. Yeah, Golden State. Mm, maybe, uh, maybe. I bet like one person might. If because if you think that Clay's coming back, mm-hmm. if you think they're going to do some deal, like what if they traded for Robert Covington in the middle of the season? Yeah, traded D'Angelo Russell. Like I don't think that's that crazy. Yeah, uh, Lakers. Yeah, I bet somebody would still pick the Lakers okay. with LeBron and AD. Houston? Yes. And I think that's probably it. Like, the Pelicans are interesting. You're not going to pick them to win the championship. The right. Mavericks are interesting. You're not going to pick them to win the championship. Spurs are the Spurs, and they'll be in the picture, but not win the championship. But that's like seven or eight teams. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. The parody would be incredible. But if Kawhi signs to the Lakers, you're probably down to like three teams, you know? Yeah. And Oh, going back to Utah real quick. Because uh, they're they're garbage, you know. I don't like them. Uh, <laughs> I was really thrilled. I was listening to the Zach Lowe Tim Bontemps yeah, podcast. Yeah, and Zach had some trepidation about them, which I just loved hearing. I know. I did all too. I've, all I've heard for like a week is how amazing they are, how they're the favorite in the West. And Zach Lowe was like, "Eh, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work in the playoffs." <laughs> yeah, yeah. The they're they're going to be good. Like they're going to be good. A lot of it depends on your opinion of Donovan Mitchell, which I think has. It's been a weird ride for him. His his rookie season, it was like, oh my goodness, like he's the next big thing. And then this past year, it was like, oh maybe he's not the next big thing. Like maybe he's not that good even. Um, and they're kind of building a team around him. And what does it look like? How does he progress? Uh, I think he's going to be awesome. I think this team's going to be super good, uh, but it will be an interesting team to watch because they have put a ton of weapons around Donovan and have put together a really, really good offensive team. I think they've taken a step back as a defensive team, though, and what that looks like, I don't know, and I think that it'll be interesting. I don't think I wouldn't call them the favorite. I think that's that's just being like too obsessed with Utah to call them the favorite. I still think honestly, and it could be stupid to say this i would still call houston the favorite you know oh, i absolutely would they've kept their team together they've got really good players they know how to play they know what they're going to do they know how to execute it to me that's still the favorite in the western conference and then followed by houston i would put the nuggets i wouldn't put the jazz yet i'd put the denver nuggets that's who i put next because i think that they were awesome in the playoffs think everybody's going to get a little bit older a little bit better and they've got these they've got a wild card and michael porter jr what is he going to be can he be a scorer off the bench if he's that man like they're going to be super good yeah and it's it sucks with houston because as fun as it was you know two weeks of oh jimmy butler's going to come to houston oh we're going to be super aggressive oh we're going to do this sign and trade we haven't even talked to philly but everyone's agreed to it yeah and then they don't even get a meeting. Ah, so great. You know, just <laughs> it's loving so, that. It is Having great. such a good day. <laughs> and but I then would, you re- Yeah, go ahead. And then you remember and you're like, you know what? They're actually way better off. Like they were going to give up two key pieces of their rotation in Eric Gordon and Clint Capella. And for everything that people have said about Clint Capella, listen to the teams that you just named off that they might face in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Denver Nuggets, Jokic. Mm-hmm. 
Utah Jazz, Gobert, even with the Lakers, you know, it could be AD, it could even be Cousins, like who knows what's going to happen with Cousins. Yep. But they're not going to be facing the Warriors more than likely. I mean, maybe they will, and maybe the Warriors will come back and be really good but again. But they're going to be playing a big guy. Like they've signed two bigs that are going to play for them. They're not the small ball era is dead. They don't have right. Andre Iguodala anymore. So this whole idea of getting rid of Capella because like he you're not maximizing his value. I think they're in such good shape for this upcoming season. The fact they got, and this is what Rockets fans are talking about, the fact that they got Austin Rivers and Daniel House, they thought they were only going to be able to spend for one of those two. And Austin Rivers had deals in the $5 million per year range and decided to come back to Houston on the minimum. So, like, Houston's going to be fine, and they're going to be good, and I would probably pick, pick them preseason number one until we find out about Kawhi. Yeah. Maybe even with Kawhi because they're already going to know what they are. Yeah. Yeah, I think Kawhi's going to Toronto. And honestly, like everything you just laid out is the exact argument that you'd make for the Thunder to keep Steven Adams. Yeah, that's true. Because if if the and uh, you know, this is not the year to give up Steven Adams probably because big men matter. If you face Toronto in the finals, big men are going to matter. If you face whoever, like a big man's going to matter. This might not be the year to use a minimum on a big man and just get by on small ball. Like that might be yeah. that may not exist as much as it did in past years because the teams that are going to be threatening to win everything are going to have bigs that matter. And you know if you're the Thunder and if you can have relative health and you have you know your top you're bringing back your top 7 guys in minutes played. Paul George, Stephen Adams, Russ, Grant, Schroeder, Ferguson, Nerlens. And then your 8, 9, 10 guys are going to be better than what they were last year. Number eight in minutes played last year, Patrick Patterson. Like, that's not, not great. Number nine. You know who number nine is? Nader. Nader. Not great. Not great. Ten was Alex Sabrinas, who struggled, and he put his what he struggled with out in a video today, and I really hope that he can move forward, and um, I'm glad that he's feeling better. That's great. Uh, good for him. Number 10, he had a kind of a rough season and left after 30, only playing 31 games. Then 11 is Diallo, who we know played for the first half of the season and then was not seen. And so you replace those guys. Like, you bring back Nerlens. That's great. Muscala is like, meh, like, whatever. But like, Alec Burks matters. Like, Alec Burks is a lot better player, even this past season, than Patterson, Nader, Abrinas, Diallo, you know? Like that signing, it seems like not a whole lot. But when you line it up against those guys who played, you know, Patterson almost a thousand minutes for the Thunder. Like to have a guy like that can slip in and play. And even, I mean, we don't know. Like, can Deontay or Diallo step up? And I think the good thing about bringing these vets is that you just, they don't, they're not given minutes. They're not just going to hand over minutes to those guys. Like they have to earn them and they have to go take them and if one of those guys can do it i think that means something really good for okc and so to me i think bringing in depth while having these guys developing in the background maybe they don't play at all i think that's a that's something that could definitely happen but if one of those guys ends up being a guy that can play i think that bodes really well for okc yeah i i'm always uh or lately i've been feeling more pessimistic about the thunder just in general, just big picture. 
And then I come on here, and Andrew, you, you, you talk me back into it. <laughs> you, just, you just suck me back in, and I'm like, you know what? Andrew's right. Like, if this all works out, Mike Muscala. <laughs> and not, Mike Muscala, he's not even my argument. I mean, let's also take a look at the ages of guys that are going to be in the main rotation. Let's say that things don't change a lot. They deal Patterson away. They bring back mostly this team. Steven Adams is going into year 26. Jeremy Grant, year 25. Schroeder, year 26. Terrence Ferguson, year 21. Nerlens Zoel, year 25. Like, those guys typically get better. Like, you're usually, if you're getting significant minutes for an NBA team, you're usually getting better during those years. And so I think, really, the Thunder, like, the internal development stuff is, like, it's a joke and it's funny and it's, like, making fun of the Thunder and making fun of Sam Presti. I get it. And I do it myself. But, like, the truth is... When you have Steven Adams, Jeremy Grant, Dennis Schroeder, Terrence Ferguson, Nerlens Noel, that's five guys that are going to be in your top eight, top seven probably in your rotation that are all under the age of 26 that are coming into this season. I think there is an expectation, and whether they meet that expectation, I don't know, but there's an expectation that they're at least going to be working hard and trying to get better. Yeah. Were there any uh, other teams that you were you either loved or were perplexed by? I'm a little perplexed by the Magic. You know, why did, what's the Aminu deal with them? That that was the one. Like everything else they had done, that you know, they resigned Vooch and they brought back Terrence Ross. Run yeah. it back. Those, that's fine. Like, but you have Aaron Gordon there. Yeah, like, but I just kept waiting for the point guard signing. Like, you got to bring someone else in, right? But they're going in again with DJ Augustine. Uh, Markel Fultz, who's about to do a sit-down with Jay Williams. Yeah. And MCW. Yeah, that's their point guard rotation that's, again. That's really gross. They're just they'll maybe make the eighth seed again. What about the Bulls? Like, the Bulls did stuff. They got Thomas Sadoransky, who's like, that's a that's a decent player. They got Thad yeah. Young. Those yeah. Are, those are decent signings. It's, a, it's, it's another weird team. Uh... I don't know. What do you think about what what are the Celtics going to be this season? Because I have a hard time wrapping my mind around it. Because like when you kind of peel the curtain back for them and you really look at what they lost and what they gained, you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that they lost that many guys from this past season. You know, it's Kyrie Irving, Terry Rozier, uh, Al Horford. They lost who else? Uh, Aaron Baines. That's a lot to lose and you bring back Kemba and you bring in Ennis Cantor like do you think that team's better I don't know I was feeling pretty positive about them just because I it's weird I feel positive about Hayward for them but if we traded for him <laughs> I would feel very I pessimistic <laughs> <laughs> I, know, uh, I know and and we still don't know what happened with Marcus Morris right we, no, it feels like he's not coming back there, though. So th- that means they're probably putting a lot of stock in guys like Robert Williams, a third, Gershon Yebisele. Yeah, I think. I mean, they're most Daniel they're, Tice. Their 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 stock is really, to me, being put in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown being better, right? Right, but their big man rotation. Oh, it's bad. It's not good. I mean, the Daniel Tice contract is perplexing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know what to think about them. They're an, they're an over. They're a terrifying over under team. Yeah, I bet their over under comes in at like forty seven and a half. Yeah, and I have no clue what to do with that. Uh, what about Indiana and all the TJs? Uh, I like you know generally liked what they did. Um, I'm. It, it's all kind of hinging on whether that front court works though. Yeah, with uh, Sabonis and Turner. Yeah, and I don't know if anything else really matters unless that really works out. Like I don't think they can reach their ceiling unless they those two guys can play together really well. And we still really haven't seen it yet. No, my favorite fake trade is Jalen Brown for Sabonis. Yeah, that that's cool. I like that. It's a it's a really great fake trade that will never happen. Because right now they have to bring T.J. Warren off the bench. Yep. Or, I mean, they have to start him, whereas they could bring him off the bench if they had Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. That's a, send, call that one in, Andrew. That's a good one. That's my favorite one. I like one. that one. Yeah. Uh, w- the only other team that just continually perplexing because they just made another trade today is the Phoenix Suns. Oh, goodness. Who gave up a lot. Yeah. Like they, they basically did a salary dump for the Grizzlies, <laughs> but they gave up uh, Josh Jackson, yeah, DeAnthony Melton, yeah, a future second, and then a future protected second, which is probably a fake second. But still, giving up one second, DeAnthony Melton, who people really liked. I mean, Houston fans were gaga over him <laughs> after Daryl Morey drafted him, and then he flipped him <sighs> in that cost-cutting move with Ryan Anderson. Right. But still, he got like playing time last year for the Suns. He did, and people like uh, like Cole Zwicker from the Stepian, they're still very into him. Yeah, people really liked Anthony Melton. So getting a a guy like that, and then a guy who was a lottery pick two years ago in Josh Jackson. You know why they did it, right? Because Josh Jackson got his four year old high. <laughs> no, they they made the deal so they could give Ricky Rubio his massive contract. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And another, yeah. like, why? Why? Why are you doing that? I mean, we do love Ricky, but I mean, Ricky is a lot of money. Ricky is a delight. He's an I would have absolute rather delight. paid uh, Pat Bev that money. I mean, yeah. I mean, Beverly apparently turned down bigger deals to go to teams like Sacramento as well and really just wanted oh, to go really? to the Clippers, yeah. Mm. Um, did you hear all the nice things Patrick Beverly said about the Thunder on the jump? Patrick Beverly? No. Yeah. What did he say? He was just talking about how, like, Russ is is going to be Russ, and they just if they got shooting around them, like they would be a much better team. Hmm. Maybe uh, Kendrick Perkins should take a lesson from Patrick Beverly and stop saying weird stuff about us. Do you like Do you like or hate Perk as a media personality? I do not like Perk as a media personality. I think he's hilarious. Oh, you've turned because you were against him. So now you like him. It's been more funny to me lately because like his takes are he was he was on like some radio show that ended up being like a video clip. And his his take on like where Kawhi is going was just like, well, I thought it was the Lakers. And then I thought, you know, you get Doc in a room and he can really be convincing. But he could go back to Toronto. I just don't know. Like, that's his take. <laughs> it's just like anything can happen. That's what I think. Oh, he's <laughs> great, not wrong. Great take, Perk. He's funny. Uh, 
Did you? Okay. Did you listen to him? He was on a podcast today with Brian Windhorse, and mm-hmm. he talked about his contract extension with the Thunder. And it was really funny because he, Bob Myers was his agent. And oh, weird. he said that when Oklahoma City offered him the four year for 40 extension, Bob Myers said, I can get you five years for 55 and you can go to Golden State. And he said, No, oh. I want to stay with OKC. Isn't that no. wild? No. Oh, my God. No, Andrew. Isn't that wild? Oh, that would have been great. I mean, it would have been heartbreaking at the time, though. Yeah, but in retrospect. I mean, with, man. with all the knowledge we have now, I mean, yeah. Jeez, can you imagine Golden State having to deal with that uh, that deal, which by the end of it we were sick of, and doing it for an extra year and more money? Yeah. Oh, everything. Sliding doors, Andrew. It's totally wild. Totally wild. Man. Uh, oh, okay. That's depressing. So we both think that Kawhi will go to Toronto and we'll have like maybe the flattest NBA that we've had in years. Yes, that would be so awesome. Maybe not, ever. I mean, I mean, honestly, maybe ever. Because although I don't know when this this league has been like this before. I will say, Andrew, if he does choose the Lakers, I'm not going to do the thing I did with the Warriors, which is like saying it's going to ruin basketball. Because I've been thinking about this a lot lately. How crazy is it? What if you had told us on July 5th, 2016, KD's going to be on the Nets in three years and he'll only have two rings? Yeah. Like that's honestly, all things considered, pretty good. I'll take it. As long as you tell me that that third ring didn't go to the Rockets, I'm right. feeling pretty good. <laughs> and it's also it, like one of the biggest disappointments ever. Yeah. And it makes me think uh, about guys like Kobe and Shaq and how impressive their three peat looks. Yeah. That team I'm, did not get a three-peat, which is just mind-blowing. Because I think that you you could call them the best NBA team ever. Like you yeah, could do I think that. you could. And they did not even get a three-peat. And it's just funny. When you look, in, like you, you look back, like say Kevin Durant retires in five years. In his you know, 15-year career or whatever it's going to be, he only spent three of those years as a warrior. Yeah. You know, like that's kind of weird to think about. It's really weird. His career is going to be so weird in the future. He has made it so weird. He has made his career, and I don't know what's going to happen going forward, but let's just say that, like, he he plays on good teams. He can give back to like 80% of what he was. He never wins another title. And he is still just like toiling in like unhappiness the rest of his NBA career. Like what a strangely weird, disappointing career for what a, what could have been like a top three guy ever, you know? Like he has made it so strange. And if he honestly, if he would have just stayed in OKC, even if he only won two titles and got two Finals MVPs, like I think that the story is so much different. Like I just think that it is, and that's not me just being a Thunder Homer. That's like me looking at his career and thinking. Man, people think so much differently of you. Because look at Dirk. Like no everybody's like Dirk maximized what his career could have been. And maybe that's true, maybe that's not true, but I think people think that because he won a title for Dallas. And if Kevin won a title or two for OKC and did the same thing, people would be like, Man, he is one of the best players ever. I think people will still say that, but like, yeah, but he's kind of a weirdo who's kind of fascinating and doesn't really know what he wants and like 
just kind of tossed and turned throughout his NBA career and like he just kind of ended up in a weird spot. It's just a he's just a fascinating, strange guy that I think might leave the NBA someday with some regrets. Yeah, I, I've always thought that we'll eventually, like when he's older, get like a thirty for thirty. That's, uh, I mean, you could. It'll probably be as part of the Oklahoma City thirty for thirty whenever yeah. that happens. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like Royce or I mean, Royce is probably the guy who he still has kind of kept in contact with with Kevin and kind of still obviously follows his story very closely. Like Royce could write a book about Kevin and the kind of guy he is and you know, what he went through and what he did and what, you know, all these things that happened, you know, that we haven't even talked about the Stephen A. Smith stuff that happened today where he's on first take talking about how he told Russell to his face that he was say that he was staying like, and to me, like all that stuff is like, okay, like we, we know, <laughs> we, we know all that stuff is just Stephen A. acted like it was all news to everybody. Like Kevin was telling everybody to their face the whole season that he was coming back. That he had no intentions of leaving. He told everybody. It wasn't just Russell. It was everybody within the organization all year. Like it was just everybody thought it was a foregone conclusion. That's why you had people on the Oklahoma City side, people that cover the team thinking, like, yeah, this is he's gonna come back. I mean, Darnell Mayberry, who covered the team from day one, said it was a hundred percent certain that Kevin Durant's coming back to the team. And that was not just a feeling, that wasn't a gut feeling. That was like sourced. From more than one person within the Thunder organization, so like that's not new information, and I don't think it needs to be revisited right now. I don't think that this is the. I, I know that it's fun to revisit it as he makes his makes more decisions. Like the truth is, like that information's been out there, and like I don't want to have to revisit it over and over again every time Kevin like does something new. Like he, I think he made a mistake. I think he made a mistake. You know, obviously. He's he's won championships, he's won the finals MVP, but he's completely dissatisfied. I think that he made a mistake when it comes to like personal satisfaction because if you fight and claw for this team in this small market, I mean if they if this Thunder team won a championship, he would not be going to Steve Nash and saying, I don't feel fulfilled. Because the amount of praise that he would get as the leader of the championship team in Oklahoma City would have been overwhelming. Instead, it got to the end, and it was like, well, did the, did the Warriors really need him to do this? And he's like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm the finals MVP. And now, I, I just think that, ultimately, he made a mistake. And he's trying to fix it by going to Brooklyn. And good luck being super weird with your super weird friend, Kyrie Irving. Like, good luck to you. Because I just don't think that happiness is going to come there. I just don't think so. Yeah, uh, I know you're not a big Bill Simmons fan, but I thought he and Rosillo had a really good conversation about KD's decision to go to Brooklyn. Yeah, um, and them kind of reflecting on his decision to go to Golden State and where that's gotten him. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was a really good conversation because obviously he still has a ton of defenders, but and I'm just hoping he gets like some actual fans again out in Brooklyn. Yeah, it'd be nice for him to have some like. Some real stands, you know, some 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 diehards. I mean, he might, but like he's gonna sit out a whole year. Yeah, it's, it's gonna a be weird, weird. It's a weird thing. Like there'll be some Kevin Durant jerseys out there in Brooklyn, I'm sure. Like that's cool, but like Brooklyn isn't known for being like a diehard fan base. Yeah, they have like guys that really work hard there, but it's not like this like 
built up fan base there. You know, it's it's kind of a strange fan base. Like I think even this might be crazy, but I think even like going to New York, the Knicks might have been the better move for like that kind of move where like if you want people to love you, like that's a diehard fan base. Like, oh my gosh. Like that is like, a crazy fan base that has just been wanting somebody so badly. Like this Brooklyn fan base feels to me like they're just kind of like like we're cool. Like yeah, come join us. Like we've got a cool cool stuff going on here here in Brooklyn, you know. Think of how many Knicks fans you know. Like if you're just involved in NBA Twitter in any way or listen to podcasts. Like think of how many Knicks fans you know. Like between like Network and Seth Rosenthal and Jesus and Mero, like there's so many famous Knicks fans. Mm-hmm. And I don't know one Nets fan. Like, who is the Nets fan? Honestly, when I think of the Nets, I think of Tim Bontemps because I think he used to cover them. <laughs> That's like the one person I can connect. And he's to definitely the Nets. not a fan. Right, exactly. Like, he's not going to be like Network if he went there. Yeah. Like, he's not. Like, he's, he's just a guy that worked for the Washington Post. You know, like he's just a guy. I don't know. I mean, look at the way that Knicks fans treated Mello. Yeah. I mean, they love Mello. Mello to God. They I love Mello. Even Porzingis. Yeah. Like people went nuts over Porzingis. And with the Nets, it's like, I don't know. It just feels so, it feels so bland to me. <laughs> yeah. Bill Simmons said, it's kind of lame. It is <laughs> kind of lame. I agree with it. I didn't really agree with it until you and I are just talking now, but now I'm thinking about how much positive press he would get that would just flood all of our timelines just because Knicks fans are everywhere. Yeah. It's just a different it's a different environment. Like everybody's like you know, like you hear like, oh Kenny Atkinson is such a smart Sean Marks, man, what what brilliant dudes. Like they just they just have such culture. It's like no one gives a crap about that stuff. I'm sorry. Like when it comes down to like fans of teams Nobody gives a crap about that. People care about basketball and having fun and rabid fan bases and big, loud kabooms. And that's why, like, the Lakers right now are just like this powder keg. They've got LeBron, they've got AD, and they're going to get, like, who, if they don't get Kawhi, like, who cares? Like, they've got, look at, look at what they're doing, and they're big and loud, and people are going to go crazy for them. But then, like, you look at the Nets, and it's like, what a well-run organization, just doing it the right way. And they may win more than the Lakers, but I promise you, the Lakers are going to be talked about more. They're going to be a team that, if they win, they're going to get more praise than the Nets would. Uh, and if they lose, they're going to get a lot more press than the Nets would. But it's just like, the Nets are just such a just bland, peanut butter sandwich type of team. Just blah. Yeah, there's like, if they win, like, who am I feeling good for? Like, I don't... Right. Like I, I would honestly be excited for like Jason Concepcion, even though I don't know him at all. <laughs> but just I've been following him since posting and toasting since yeah. he was on that blog. Right. And I would be like legitimately happy for some of those Knicks fans if anything good ever happened to them. Well, just think about like the starters. Like how like how much did yeah, you think exactly. about about those guys and about that and how fan cool base that was for them? Yeah. yeah, that fan base is crazy. That Toronto fan base is nuts. There's nothing to associate the Nets fan base with. Like, nothing. Like, you think about, oh, I think the first person you think about, you're like, Nets fan. You think, like, oh, Jay Z. You know? Yeah. And you're like, is there, is there anyone? There's not. I'm really trying to think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And people are going to come out of the woodwork and say that they're Nets fans. And, like, there's some blogs out there that are fine. But 
to me, it's 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 another strange step in the saga of Kevin Durant making strange steps for his career where he is a little tone deaf and a little bit too influenced by the guys that are saying, come play on this team. Because I think Kyrie wanted to go there, and he probably got on the phone and said, hey, I'm not going to the Knicks. I don't want to play for that team. Which is probably, if you're looking at organizations, probably the right move. But right now, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were on the Knicks, I think that it would just be completely crazy. But after they signed there, it just felt like, it felt like they just were sent into space. Like, not cap space, but like, space it's like oh okay cool like whatever (laughs) you know it's weird but if they're on the knicks like that would still be like a headline right now like can you believe what the knicks have done you know like it's but the nets is like oh nice job like you've really worked your way up since that boston trade way to go guys i'm reading a a list of the famous nets fans but i guess this isn't helpful because i really want to know if there's like bloggers that i know like uh Apparently Rihanna is a Nets fan. <laughs> Did oh, you know that? I David know. Beckham, Paul McCartney. You heard of him? <laughs> yeah, he's not exactly the person that I think about when I think about NBA basketball. Jimmy Fallon is a Nets fan, apparently. Yeah, but I don't. I don't care about any of those people, obviously. <laughs> like, yeah, th- there's no one that I'm personally rooting for. I know um, on the Nets. Maybe yeah. that. Do you remember that GIF of the uh, the fat Nets fan? <laughs> that kid. <laughs> yeah. It was like 15. He was so excited about the net scoring. Yeah, maybe that's the guy. Maybe that's who, maybe that's who I'll root for. That's yeah. who we're excited for. Oh, shoot. Uh, okay, anything else about uh, the free agency or the Thunder that, that sticks out to you? No, I was really hoping Kawhi would make his decision during our pods. So I know. Live reaction. I know. You think he's going to ruin July 4th for some fan base tomorrow? Uh, I hope. I just want it to be over. I know I don't know why I'm so antsy. I don't like really care, but yeah, it's hilarious that like we. I mean, when he signs, free agency will effectively be over. Because then it becomes like, what are the Lakers doing with the rest of this roster? Yeah, do they get Marcus Morris? <laughs> How much are they going to pay Marcus Morris? Is like the yeah is the huge <laughs> question. Uh, Can because, KCP yeah. get another one million fifteen dollar deal? Yeah, I mean a one year fifteen million. Yeah, I mean it's. Those are actual things that <laughs> that we'll be talking about. And free agency will be over. And it's funny, it'll be over on July 4th. I remember like we go into like the middle of July, you know, with a lot of these things. And I remember the first day of free agency wasn't always this crazy. Uh it's just become within the last three years, it's felt like it's just become like this big thing. I remember last season was a big thing. We did the live pod with the Paul George stuff, which was super fun. It's a really fun listen. If you go back and listen to our podcast on June 30th from last year, uh, it's actually a super fun listen because we get to find out Paul George resigning and then the terms of the deal live on the show, which was super fun. Um, but free uh, agency J- hasn't always been like this. Jabari Young just tweeted. He said, on the Kawhi front, told he's not making a decision tonight, and it may not be until the next few days. Okay. <laughs> Great. They're going through the process and taking their time before deciding on the next move. He did say no two-year deals have been discussed. Interesting. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's funny because like last year we thought, you know, if, the, if Paul George comes back to the Thunder, it'll be on a one plus one. Yeah. And it was like, oh, a three plus one. You know, that was not on anybody's radar at the time. 
Um, also, nobody's done a, uh, a a TV special like Paul George did last year. I'm surprised nobody wanted a copycat. It's such a wonderful idea. I think Jimmy Butler did a sort of one because I saw a clip from something of him like meeting with his family. Maybe they haven't released it yet. Yeah. Remember the Paul George stuff where we were trying to read all the tea leaves of those videos that he put yes. on ESPN? Oh, that was great. That was so much fun. That was great. <laughs> and Luke and Luke had the story so early. I, in retrospect, I wish Luke had said that on the on the podcast. I know. And Luke had it and then like I was able to I confirmed it after that that yeah, this is like a real thing. And we really should have gone all in on it because we had it like several days before it happened that because then you guys would have looked so smart you would have been an insider just like all these guys this year i know we could have been like an insider but i don't know that's not really luke becoming an nba insider <laughs> um, on the one thing and then <laughs> he suddenly becomes the keith smith of oklahoma yeah uh okay anything else it's kind of a long pod fun pod fun it's been a fun off season so far it has yeah there's so much to talk about i mean we didn't even hit like 75% of the league. I know. And I feel like every team did something. I know. We might go through on Friday and just give like some kind of like serial grade or something for for different signings. Uh, okay. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Go to the Banco Cinema Pub. It's really, really great. Really great food. It's a good time to go watch a movie or just a good place to go grab a bite to eat on a Friday night or a weeknight or go grab brunch on a Saturday. It's really great quality food quality people that run it uh, it's just a great place so please go check them out and uh follow alex on twitter at al baby cakes you can follow me on twitter at andrew k schlecht follow our podcast at down to dunk please leave us a five-star itunes review if you got some time we've got some super nice ones that have come through and again i read all of them and it means a lot to me to be able to read um you know the nice things that you guys write about our show and we do a free show for you guys. We try to put out as much content as we can. We all have super busy lives. You know, Michele does professionally. Alex does. I do. You know, but we make time every week uh, to produce uh, good quality content for you guys. So if you could leave us a five-star review with a message, uh, that's kind of a way to kind of pay it back a little bit to us. Also, if you could support Ava and go to bethematch.org, and get the swab kit. It's really easy. Alex, how long does it take to to register for that? Two minutes. It's um, already in the mail to me. Yeah. I mean, two minutes. comes in the mail. You swab your cheek. You put it back in the mail. It's free. It's not going to take that much of your time. And honestly, you could save a life of somebody. It could be in your community, and it could be across the world. And so... It's something that is very much worth your time. You need to tell your family members. If you do that, just send us a little a little screenshot of it, and we want to just keep spreading the word of that. So keep, you can at me or at Alex on Twitter. Send us a screenshot that you did it, and we'll spread that because I think that you know it's it's something that my neighbor Ava really needs, but it's honestly a need of people worldwide. That and if you if you're scared about it. Like they tell you on the website, the chances of you being your blood being matched to someone is like one in four hundred. Mm-hmm. So the chances are already small. They just need a bigger database of blood matches yep. for these people. Um, and 
like you said on the last one, they can do it now. Sometimes the doctors can choose to just do a peripheral draw where they're just taking it from your vein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking a tube of blood. Right. Which is kind of crazy to think about because like when you yeah. think about bone marrow, you think about it, it's a pretty painful process traditionally um, to do that. But you, a lot of times you don't have to do that anymore. And so it's, it really is costing you very little to save somebody's life and change really not you could change a family's life and the course of their lives. But like, it's crazy to think about this, but you change one person's life like that. You are changing generations of people. And so if you choose to do this, like you're choosing to say like, yes, I want to help people and possibly change generations of people. Like that's really at play with something very, very tiny that you could do. So I'd encourage you to go do that. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday night or whenever you're listening to this. Happy 4th of July. Hope everybody has a good time on the 4th. If you're listening to this on the 4th or after, I hope you had a great time. Uh, Hope you spend it with family or friends. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday morning. (laughs) 